Well, come on up. I forgot a while ago. Cindy, welcome home. <laughs> Cindy had quite a trip. She left the U.S. over the East Coast and returned to the U.S. over the... No, that's backwards. Left over the West Coast and came home over the East Coast, all the way around the world. So sometime in the next few weeks, we're going to hear from Cindy. So we're glad you're home. Happy to have Kyle here this morning to share the word with us. I want to pray with him before we start. Father, thank you for Kyle. Thank you for this day. Most of all, thank you for the day we celebrate as Easter, the day you rose and and lived again. Just bless our time now uh, as Kyle opens the word to us. Just have us hear what we need to hear and bless our time together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a beautiful morning to be together to celebrate Easter, and uh, this service, just kind of a heads up, is going to be a little different than most services that we have together. Uh, first off, you may notice that I'm wearing a tie, right? I hate these things. You have no idea. <laughs> Second off is that I don't have a notebook, and there's a reason for that, because today's Easter. Today is not about apologetics or history or cross-referencing or prophecy, even though all those things do play a part in our walk and do play a part in what Christ has done for us. But today is just about Jesus Christ and the resurrection and what he's done for us. And you know, in preparing for this week, over the, this sermon, over the last couple of weeks, there were many different ways that I continued to think about preaching on this. And eventually, Wednesday night, we had an elders meeting, and we were sitting in there, and I asked them, I don't know which path to pick. I don't know which way to preach on this. How would you guys preach on this? And so they started throwing out different ideas, you know, speak about the prophecies and speak from the perspective of Mary and Martha. And I think Forrest said, talk about it like you were John and how you beat Peter there because you were faster and brag about it. But... (laughs) But... When we were doing this, in that moment, I heard, He is risen, and that is enough. He is risen, and that is enough. And so I got my phone out, and I immediately texted Caitlin what has happened. So if you four elders are wondering who I was texting, it was Caitlin. And uh, the more we continue to go, and the more I continue to think about today, the more it just felt like, It was time for us to be a first century church and read scripture together. So that's what we're going to do today. If you would turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. We're going to begin in verse 63, and we're going to read the entire remainder of the Gospel together. For those of you doing math, it's 114 verses, so now I saved you time. But there's a few things that I want to put in the forefront of our mind, a few things that I want us to be focusing on as we read through this. First is a review. Remember what we talked about last weekend, Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry. And the whole key to the triumphal entry was that that is the first time that Jesus Christ allowed himself to be declared king. He did not stop anyone from declaring who he was. He rode through town triumphantly, as the prophecies had said, Willingly fulfilling them, and he went into the temple and cleansed it, thus showing his power. 
And remember that we stated that that was a key point in the ministry of Jesus Christ because there was a rabbinic tradition at the time that if the Messiah came among his people, he would not declare himself. The people would recognize him by his power and by his works. And so when the triumphal entry happened, the scribes and the Pharisees had exactly what they needed to get Jesus because he had declared himself king. And within a matter of days, he is captured, tortured, crucified. And then we have the resurrection. It all happened like that on the day that Jesus Christ openly allowed himself to be worshipped and openly declared himself king. So keep those things at the forefront of your mind as we continue and we start at the time of his trial. But also keep in mind some of the people that we're going to be reading about today. Remember Thomas. He has such a horrible name, Doubting Thomas, you know. But when you read the story of Lazarus, you'll see in John eleven sixteen that, <clears throat> I believe it's verse 16, that Lazarus actually declares, let's go. He is ready to go with Christ. But it is after Christ gets captured and tortured and the sheep spread, as the prophecy declared Thomas begins to fade away. And then when they all meet, they tell Thomas what had happened. And Thomas says, I want to see him. And thus he gets the name Doubting Thomas. And think about Peter and everything that Peter had gone through. Peter was always so gung-ho and always ready to go with Christ anywhere. In fact, one of the most powerful, powerful miracles that Jesus had performed was Peter walking across the water with him, Peter keeping his eye on Christ and walking across the water. And Peter even pulled his sword out and defended him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then Christ gets captured. And Peter is the one who denies him three times. And so at this point, it is safe to imagine that Peter is a broken man. And then he sees the empty tomb. And then he sees Christ risen. Can you imagine Everything that Peter is going through. And that is probably something that we'll explore together down the road. The emotional ride of Peter during the last days of Christ. But then also imagine in this moment Mary Magdalene. This gospel states that Mary Magdalene had seven demons removed from her by Jesus. And now here she sits and she sees this man on the cross. And people are insulting him. They are saying, if you are the king, then get yourself down. And she has got to be sitting there wondering why he isn't, because she knows that he has power because of what he's done for her. And it is her loyalty and her love that takes her to the tomb of Jesus on the third day, because to honor him, she brings oils and herbs and spices so that as his body begins to decay, he is not dishonored. There is no stench. And it is that loyalty and that love to care for him in death that allows her to be the first one to see that the tomb is empty. And so keep all these things in the forefront of your mind as we go through scripture together. Starting in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 63. Luke twenty-two, sixty-three. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council. And they said, if you are the Christ, tell us. 
But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the son of man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, are you the son of God then? And he said to them, you say that I am. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, he stirs up the people, teaching throughout all of Judea, from Galilee, even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he had learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him, because he had heard about him. And he was hoping to see some sign done by him. So he questioned him at some length, but he made no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. And Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before this, they had been at enmity with one another. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought me this man who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas. A man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection, started in the city, and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding. With loud cries that he should be crucified and their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore the breasts that never nursed. And they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things, when the wood is green, 
what will happen when it is dry. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come to him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and saw how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went out, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Let's take a second and stop and think about that. He is not here, but he has risen. The first people to say that he is risen, the first beings in the universe to declare that he is risen, were the angels. The angels declared to the shepherds that he is coming, And when he came back and rose from the grave, the angels again declared to humanity that he had come. Both times that Jesus Christ enters into our realm of humanity, it is the angelic beings that declare 
that he is here, that he has been born, that he is risen. When we say these words, he is risen, it is much more than just something that we say out of tradition in our church. He has risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. It is something that the angels themselves declared to humanity after his resurrection. There is power in those words. Always keep that in mind when we say together as a body that he is risen. Luke 24, verse 5. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to the village named Emos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of these who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things Concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with <clears throat> when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. 
And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. And they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy, they were marveling and said, and he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Let's read that verse again. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Now, if you will, turn to John chapter 3. And while you do, I will read the end of John chapter 20, the purpose of this book. That Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That by believing, you may have life in his name. And that is the whole reason why we worship on Easter. The whole reason why we worship Christ is because he conquered the grave. He is, as the Apostle Paul states in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, our Passover lamb. Death passes over us because of what he did for us. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along our merry way. We know that he lives. And if you would, as a congregation, our final reading, if you would stand. And whatever version you have in the Bible is fine. If you can stand, that's fine. We're going to read together John 3, 16, 17, and 18. And you can probably say this from memory as well. John three sixteen seventeen and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world 
him the world. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son. Amen. There is nothing more that anyone can add to that. Let's pray. Christ, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you allow us to commune with the Father. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day where we take time to celebrate with our brothers and sisters the resurrection and the conquering of the grave. I pray, Lord, that our weeks go well, that we take time to pray for each other, to lift each other up, to remember your love and grace, and to bear witness of you to a fallen world that needs you. Thank you so much for what you've done to us. Thank you for this day. Amen.